You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad that you're here. I want to use today's podcast to help us be ready for worship this Sunday. So as we prepare to come uh, to worship the Lord on the first day of the week, we're going to be reading through the book of Acts more, and I'm actually really excited about the sermon that the Lord's given me to preach, but I want to set it up today. So last week we talked about some of the events that happened in Ephesus with the riot, and this Sunday I'm going to talk about some of the good things that happened in Ephesus, but also um, just a really serious question. But to set that up, you know, I've sort of passed over how the church got kicked off in the city of Ephesus. And I just I want to share that with you today so that we'll all be ready for the background of this Sunday's sermon. So in Acts chapter 19, Luke writes about the account of the beginning of the church in the city of Ephesus. This would be one of the most important ministry centers that Paul would have until the silversmith riot kicks him out of there. But let's, let's look at how the church got kicked off. Chapter 19, verse 1. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, Then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some of them became obstinate. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way. So Paul left them. He took the disciples with him, and he had discussions daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. This went on for two years, so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. So, quick survey of what's happened. First, I want to point out that Luke wastes no words in getting Paul to Ephesus. So when the what we call the third missionary journey kicks off, basically Luke says Paul goes straight, takes the road through the interior, straight to Ephesus. That's it. It seems to me that in the second missionary journey, when the Holy Spirit told Paul he couldn't go to Asia, I expect that Paul was wanting to go to Ephesus then. And maybe that explains why he has this quick, straight trip. You know, he already has established Priscilla and Aquila to prepare the city, so he's had his sights set on this as his next missionary outpost for some time. So when he gets there, he finds disciples, 12 disciples. I think it's interesting that he finds 12 you know, no doubt that's a, a an interesting reference to twelve disciples, to twelve tribes of Israel. But here are twelve disciples that are in the city of Ephesus. Now, what's neat to me is that they are described as you know they they believe they have faith, but when they were baptized, they did not receive the Holy Spirit. So they said they didn't even know anything about the Holy Spirit. So Paul starts to ask more questions. Well, what baptism do you have? And they say, John's baptism. And so these guys, they weren't even baptized in the name of Jesus. In other words, they were disciples. They were believers. They were followers of the kingdom. But they had not been adequately taught 
about how Jesus has led the kingdom from where where John the Baptist had us prepared to what he's doing now in the church age with the movement of the Holy Spirit. I think this is kind of neat because I think we minimize the role of John the Baptist in the Gospels. Maybe we don't see the full extent of the mission and ministry that John the Baptist had. So if you remember, you know, John the Baptist was that voice in the way, preparing, you know, make way the ready for the the way, make make ready the way of the Lord. And he was baptizing people in a baptism of repentance. He was preaching about the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is near. Same sermon that Jesus preached. I like to think that John launched the kingdom of heaven awareness and the repentance movement to prepare for Jesus the King. So when Jesus preaches the kingdom of heaven, he really is picking up with what John the Baptist has already established. And we may not recognize how how powerful and impactful John's witness really was. But here we are all the way in Ephesus, decades after the death of John the Baptist, and you still have followers of John the Baptist who are teaching about the kingdom, who are believing and hoping in the kingdom, uh, on what John had prepared them for. So fantastic platform for Paul to step in and say, well, let me let me finish the education. You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus and you'll receive the Holy Spirit and now you're adopted into the family and you're part of the kingdom. So they do. They, they're baptized in the name of Jesus and this is the last powerful movement of the Holy Spirit in this way. We saw the Spirit fall in this powerful way in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. We saw it again in Acts chapter 8 when the Samaritans were receiving the Spirit as evidence to the Jerusalem church that God was moving in the Samaritan community. We saw it again in Acts chapter 10 when Peter was preaching to Cornelius and God showed that the Romans and the Gentiles were being brought into the kingdom of God. And now we see it in 19 when you see at the hands of Paul the apostle, not one of the original 12, that God is still extending the kingdom. So in every in every one of these major movements, God is breaking new ground, new territory, or validating a new era of ministry to let the church know that he is indeed pressing the gospel into new ministry frontiers. So now you've got the start of a church. You've got some people whose hearts were already bent toward God, ready for the kingdom, but now they're baptized into Jesus. They're filled with spirit. So Paul goes in the synagogue, and for three months he preaches very persuasively about what? The kingdom of God. It's exactly how the Gospel of Luke begins. When Jesus, uh, the Gospel of Luke, sorry, the, the book of Acts, when Luke writes the book of Acts chapter 1, Jesus is with the disciples for a period of 40 days. And what is he teaching them about? The kingdom of God. So what did John the Baptist prepare people's hearts for? The kingdom of God. What were Jesus' sermons primarily about? The kingdom of God. What has Paul begun the Ephesian church based on that teaching of the kingdom of God? So he is in the Jewish synagogues teaching the Jewish people about the rule of God, about the kingdom of God, about the new heaven and the new earth that will come. Well, it says that after three months of preaching, uh, some of them became obstinate and they refused to believe and even started publicly speaking out against the way, that is, Christianity. And so the sad thing for me is that as God begins to work in Ephesus, it's this religious community, the people who should have been the people of God, these Jewish believers in the synagogue or Jewish people in the synagogue who refused to become believers in Jesus, who did not follow the example of those first 12. You know, Some of these people in the synagogues, some of them, were obstinate, hard-hearted, hard-headed, and they even started to speak against the way. So after three months preaching in the synagogue to God's people, um, Paul's going to pack up 
and go out of the synagogue, and it says that he goes to the lecture hall of Tyrannus. And for two years, he uh, he teaches daily in this lecture hall. So he goes into the, I guess what you might think of as the secular sphere, into this lecture hall, and he begins to teach the Word of God. So while he moved out of the synagogue, and on the one hand that could be negative, on the other hand, now for two years, he's teaching the kingdom of God to anybody who will listen, to Gentiles and to Greeks and to whoever will gather. And you can imagine how the complexity of the church begins to change. But here's what I love in verse 10. It says, This went on for two years so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. Um, We wonder if Luke is exaggerating, right? Did everybody in this entire province hear the word of the Lord in these two years? And if they did, it's very unlikely that they all made it into the lecture hall of Tyrannus to hear. What is more likely is that Luke is making it clear that these church leaders in Ephesus, these people who were being taught the word of God, that they were taking it with them back to their villages, back to their homes, back to the places where they did business, back to their places where they traveled, until eventually the entire province of Asia had exposure to the gospel, had access to a clear message of the gospel through the church and the witness that was taking place in Ephesus. Okay, I love the launch of the church at Ephesus for a lot of reasons. But what I want to challenge us with with today's podcast is, hey, could you say that everybody in the Pine Belt had heard the word of the Lord? And if you if you could, how? So I think you and I would be clear that everybody has access to the word of the Lord, right? I mean, you could tune into the podcast. You could listen to uh, any of our online worship services. You could Google whatever you want. So maybe everybody in the, in the Pine Belt has access to the word of the Lord. But has everybody in the Pine Belt heard the word of the Lord? And the answer to that probably is like, well, no. And I wonder if our congregation and other congregations like us can be inspired by what's happening, that we'd be faithful stewards of the teaching. So Paul is teaching for three months in the synagogue and then for two years in this lecture hall, and the people who are hearing that word are taking it out and sharing it until everybody in Asia had a chance to hear the word. Let's do the same thing in the Pine Belt. Let's take what we're taught every Sunday, every day of the week, what we're getting out of the scriptures, what we're getting from our Bible studies, getting from our home groups, And let's share it all throughout the Pine Belt until it's more clear that everybody in our schools, that everybody in our workplaces, that everybody in the Pine Belt has had a chance to hear the word of the Lord, the true teaching of this good kingdom. Hey, thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. I cannot wait to see you on Sunday while we talk a little bit more about some of the good things that happened in Ephesus.